If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. What if we weren't just a podcast? What if we were your new best friend? It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. The Spass Malone. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. He doesn't seek to podcast. He's called to it. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. Ahoy! Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. I don't believe she is the Lisan Gabe, but I know she podcasts with honor. It's Susan Kamyab Stevens. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Uh, it is good to have you back, Susan. How you been? How's life? How's stuff? How's everything going? You good? Yeah, good, good <laughs> as can be. Watch, actually, there's quite a bit of movies uh, coming out right now, and screenings are back, so that's that's nice. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought of something. The last time we had Susan on, mm-hmm. uh, it was the card counter episode. Mm-hmm. It's true, and we it's didn't true. get to and we didn't get to hear Susan's uh, quick review of that. Have you seen it since you were last on? Oh God, I don't think I would do that to myself after what you guys were saying. About <laughs> it. I was like, you did. You did seem very intrigued, like the hype that was around it and the reviews coming out. And then you were surprised that we both hated it almost. But everything you guys said about it, I was like, that sounds awful. Like, I don't even <laughs> think I could sit through it. Like, yeah. I mean, the way y'all were describing it and like, oh, I, I was like, because I already thought the trailer looked terrible. Right, that was the right, thing. Yeah, I, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer and then I saw the reviews were like good. So I was like, that doesn't make sense, but I guess mm-hmm. it's good. But then when you guys said it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take y'all's word for it. Now, if I get a DVD <laughs> screener or something, I'll watch mm-hmm. it, but it's not enough for me to go seek out and try to like watch yeah. it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, so Oscar Isaac is back on the big screen, so we have to have Susan back. Uh, every Oscar or Isaac movie, apparently. Uh, we just <laughs> we, we bring her back to talk about. Uh, no, it's always good to have you on, and I'm glad things are going well. It's good to see you. Uh, Susan is a fellow member of the CCA um, and uh, votes in the Critics' Choice Awards and... Uh, has gone to the awards ceremonies. In fact, I think that's where we first met. I think was it uh, one of the awards ceremonies, or was it, it was a at Netflix a thing? Two Popes for Netflix. Ah, uh, was it the Two Popes Netflix thing? Mm-hmm. That's right. That is where yeah. we met for the first time. So glad to have you as part of the show. We're excited to hear your yeah. thoughts on uh, Dune and Ron's Gone Wrong. Although I don't think you got to see Ron's Gone Wrong. I did not get to see so it. So basically, unfortunately. Susan comes on the show so that Andrew and I can scare her away from a movie or let know. her know if she needs to see it. Potentially. Potentially. Or now, if you rave about it, I'll probably. Well, right. again, I hope. I hope. So give it to me. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna look yeah. up. I'm gonna look up like what the 
the Rotten Tomato, like the consensus is on that one. On Ron's so Gone, I, can... I think the consensus is actually pretty good on Ron's Gone Wrong. If I, I think I saw okay. somewhere in the 80s on Rotten Tomatoes, um, but I could okay. be wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're doing best ever desert movies for our best ever challenge. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about movies that uh, take place at least uh, significantly in the desert. Uh, and then, of course, we'll do some buried treasure at the end as well, where we kind of hip you to something else going on in the world of pop culture. But let's get right into it. Let's talk about Dune. We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts. There's only a way to in my mind. You need to face your fears. Come with me. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, uh, otherwise known as every movie ever, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people as malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential. Only those who can conquer their fear will survive uh if you know much about dune uh it might be either the book or the 1984 david lynch movie um which uh confuses the issue quite a bit uh from what i understand i've actually never had uh had the willpower to sit all the way through it so uh i put my hand in that uh, david lynch 1984 dune box and i took it out very very quickly uh could not withstand oh, no. the pain is that what happened to you aaron is that yeah. why you died yes yeah that's what happened that's why i died uh so you've got that kind of in a pop culture denis villeneuve who is directing is apparently a big fan and wanted a shot at it and here is his shot uh both on hbo max and in theaters, as far as the cast goes, you've got uh, Timothy, uh, Timothy Chalamet hanging out uh, as Paul Atreides. Um, you've got Zendaya in here, Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, lots of big names hanging yeah, out yeah. and doing big parts in Dune for Denis Villeneuve. What did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Susan, we'll start with you. I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of a minority here. I don't know how you guys are going to feel, mm, but mm. I'm I'm somewhere between just okay and liked it. Okay. Um dude, okay. Uh do, do I explain? I don't know if I... <laughs> we can give ours. We can give <laughs> we'll ours get before. To, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then go but, ahead. yeah. Uh so high Aaron. side high side of just okay. Uh sounds like mm -hmm. it's where you're at. Yeah, 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 yeah. higher yeah. side. Yeah. More yeah. between maybe like it a little bit more than than I, when I left. Yeah. 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 Aaron what you think? Uh, firmly, firmly, firmly in the loved it. Um, maybe even bordering on high side of loved it. Um, I just, I was blown away by this uh, movie in so many ways. I have one major issue that we will get to that I think many people have that I'm sure we will spend a lot of time talking about, uh, but it did not change how great my experience was. Andrew, what about you? <sighs> Oh, that's a um, big sigh, my friend. That is a big sigh. I don't sigh. know where that's going. Oh, yeah, what does that going. mean? Breathe you, in, breathe you know, out, my friend. Last year, this was my most anticipated movie. 
Wow. This year, mm-hmm. it was my most anticipated movie. Right. Uh, I like the source material. I'm with Susan. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I could persuade myself. I don't know if I'm trying to persuade myself to like it more because of my my desire for it to be good. Mm, but mm. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to land right at the very low end of liked it. Okay. okay. Which right. is still, which is still, I liked it. Sure, you liked yeah. it. Really. I don't want to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think mm-hmm. there's some positive feelings from you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you aren't, uh, like me, blown away by it. It's not something that you came out going, oh, I immediately need to watch that again, which I did. I think Oh, I've seen it three times. You've seen it three times? Yeah. Wow. I, I'm sorry, you just blew my mind. Uh, I know it's because it's oh. on HBO Max, and that was going to be my next question, is like, where did you, did you guys go see it on a big screen, see it in IMAX, see it at home? Like, what was your viewing experience? Uh, IMAX screening. Uh, Andrew, did you venture out for it? Did you see I, it three times at home? I found it. <gasps> <laughs> then I went to the movie theater okay. to rewatch it. And then uh, I watched it at, on Thursday. And then last night I rewatched it again on HBO Max. Okay. All right. That's a lot. IMAX That's or a lot. just a regular movie theater screen? Regular screen. Okay. Regular. What about you, Aaron? I fired it up at home. I love my... I have gone to IMAX movies and wished I, I had seen them really at home. I got a really good setup at home. Um, because, yeah, yeah I've, I've got an incredible television that I did a lot of research on, an incredible sound. Um, and I genuinely believe my experience at home is better than going to an IMAX theater. Now... You're never going to get the same scope as that giant, giant screen like that envelops you. I get that. Just but, sit closer. But it's like, sure, there you go. Just sit closer. Uh, but yeah. as far as like clarity and color and intended yeah. visuals, like nothing captures it like an OLED TV. Like just there's no there's there's no comparison. When I watch mm. movies at the movie Laser theater. Laser IMAX. Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. That is a, Laser IMAX might come close. Anything that's 4K... Uh, two projectors can you know kind of get close there, but um, but anyhow, so so I I did watch it at home. Uh, I did come to later find out. Just I don't know why they do this, but the HBO Max version does not expand for the IMAX uh, parts of the movie, which bothers me. Like if you've got like my TV has black bars at the top and bottom in this movie, you know what I mean? Like fill those up when it goes IMAX. Like why why are you just giving me you know? Um, so that's a little weird to me. That is something that I'm jealous of for seeing it in IMAX is that extra, you know, visual information um, mm-hmm. that is there during those scenes. Um, you like that? Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, uh, I always here, here. Okay, here's. I always find it jarring the the switching from you know the switching regular, can be jarring. Yes, but yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. But I always feel like, like I always feel like I want to see the uh, the director's intended visual scope and palette right and so when they're painting for imax i know i'm missing some of that right i'm missing some of the composition i'm missing some of you know the effects i'm missing you know there's just so anytime i'm missing something that the director intended for people to see you know it's a little annoying to me um and so i would rather the jarringness of the expanding than missing out on you know kind of the intended artistic vision especially with someone like denis villeneuve who i'll start there because clearly i liked this the most Mm-hmm. Um, I ju- like he's just working on another level visually. Like I like watching this movie every frame. I was blown away. Just like how he's you know putting stuff on the screen, how it looks, 
whether it be effects or, you know, action scenes or conversations or exposition. Uh, this movie is very exposition heavy, but he does so much of it. I mean, it has to be considering the source material, right? My understanding, um, you know, so, but he oh, does, yeah. he does so much of the exposition visually. Uh, you know, there's, is there any, is there narration at the beginning? Is there a little bit of narration at the beginning? I'm trying to remember if there's any narration in this movie. If there is, there's barely any. In. There's I can't really remember. There's you know? voice over. Yeah. I can't remember if there's. Well, that's that's I what I'm talking about. A, I th- and it may just be right. I think it's the uh, what what do you call it when it's uh, uh like sub not subtitle but like the descriptor at the beginning, you know? Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, like some sort of intro. Like yeah. there's some sort of intro narration or or something. Possibly. I just I just remember I was impressed. Nope. There's not. Okay. There's not any. I didn't, I didn't remember movie. any. Oh, someone says. Oh, there is. Uh, yeah, there, there, there is a. She. It's a Zendaya. Is they're right. They're it. right. She does. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not watching the movie right now. To. <laughs> to My point out. still stands. My point is that there's a little bit of that at the beginning, and if there's a little bit throughout, you know, okay. But for something this dense with exposition, to not have a narrator have to come in every once in a while and go. Here's how this works. You know what I mean? Like to be able to do that, like the explanation, for instance, uh, there is, I'm just going to say, um, you know, some sort of force field tech in this movie, like protection tech, like shield tech, right? In this movie. And it's just mm-hmm. explained in a, you know, like a training scene. And it's not explained. It's just, you just watch it happen. And he's so good at like giving you ex- exposition that somehow this movie that is, extremely complex with the different planets and the different things going on. I was never confused, never confused. Not once. I I felt like I understood where everybody was, what their goals were. Like I, I was really impressed with his ability, not just to put pretty pictures on the screen, which are great. And by the way, Hans Zimmer's score is also next level in this thing. He loves him some didgeridoos Um, in this one. Yeah. And so, yeah, all that stuff together for me, Presented me with like, okay, artistically, I'm compelled. I'm in. I, I can't wait yeah. to see what you do next uh, artistically. And then story-wise, I also found myself connected and compelled by, you know, um, this kid and, and what was going to happen. I mean, again, I, I kind of mentioned it in the intro. It's a tale as old as time. You know, it's the hero's journey, right? Like, I mean, it is the absolute yeah. template uh, for for that kind of stuff. Um, and in fact, it's... You can, you really see how much this uh, this material was the template for Star Wars in this movie. Like it just there's there is such a the idea of different planets battling because of spice trade. Like that is such a Star Wars core mentality of you know we're talking about trade negotiations and you know uh, empire and, you know, who's in control and all that kind of stuff. Because again, that's how we know wars have worked in our planet on our world is, you know, it's about money. It's about commerce, uh, in so many ways. Um, and so, yeah, you can really see a lot of that DNA here that George, uh, Lucas apparently cribbed from basically, I feel like George Lucas was like, Hey, let's take Dune and then add Kurosawa. And then I'll make, you know, like a really big check. Uh, it's, it's like basically a lot of what happened, but, um, and then you give me a billion dollars, right? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how that works. Uh, uh, have either of you either seen the David Lynch movie or read the books? I've only seen parts of the no. Lynch movie and I have not read the books. Uh, uh-uh. okay. neither for me. 
Okay. I'm just curious about, you know, everybody's history with the source right. materialist. Uh, okay. I, I have lots of other things I could gush on about uh, about this movie, but it, it doesn't need to be the Aaron Dicer hour. Uh, Andrew, what are, you know, some of your thoughts, um, however you want to present them uh, on Dune? Uh, I'm glad to hear that you were never confused. Never. I was, not once. I'm glad to hear that you were never confused, and you've only seen it the one time, right? Yep, correct. Okay, my my problem, or my <clears throat> not my problem, my worry was like uh, going into this. He doesn't over-explain things. He lets the story be told, and if you don't understand something, then uh, by the end of the movie, hopefully, you will. Uh, he doesn't have to hold your hand, I guess is a better way of saying it. Um, and knowing like, cause I've read the first book and I read it so long ago, I barely remember it. And I saw the David Lynch movie a long time ago, barely, barely remember it, but I remember the impacts they both had on me. So like going into this, I had, I guess you could say a base knowledge of what I was seeing but in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I hope that isn't confusing for somebody, you know, or, oh, they're not really explaining what the spice does, you know, or something like that. So I like I hope it doesn't. Well, let me just somebody. tell let me just tell you what I picked up on the spice then. Like, since you bring out that example, like my understanding of the spice is that it's on this planet and it kind of has come to be this element they need to like run their spacecraft and run the world. Like, you know, there's there's yeah. it, it becomes a fuel and then it also has a drug element to it. Like there's there's this idea mm. that there yeah. you can also yeah. have visions or get high. There's a mystical nature uh, to it as well. Um, so yeah. it is both v- valuable for actual literal commerce reasons and also valuable mm-hmm. because it's m- mysterious. You know, there's this kind of mystical element so it's like the drug trade yeah. and the you know the fuel prices all in one <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah all, all it's not actually used as a fuel i'm gonna get a quick explanation for it. it's not gonna spoil the movie or anything like that sure, so the sure. spice heightens your senses right uh, they call it your spice or melange um it, it if you ingest enough of it you have a precognitive ability and that is what it's used for for space travel. Uh, like uh, they're called navigators, people right, who that's navigate what it was. the ships. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, pretty much, they have these navigators and just like crazy amounts of the spice. And that way, whenever they're like doing like hyper travel or warping, kind of, it's kind of wormholeish how they travel. You see the the big like worm tubes that they come out of, like ships come mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the navigators ingest all the spice and that way they can look into the future and see how to plot their course right. to get right. to that. Yeah, exactly. That. So, so, yeah. right. So you can understand how I would kind of consider that, you know, like you're pretty close, Yeah, to but get the movie the sh- doesn't explain that. And that's what I'm yeah. talking about whenever I'm like really can like worried, like, okay, it doesn't really explain I, like I how the spice is used, but you're saying it does, it doesn't have to tell you exactly what it does for you to understand its right. purpose. Correct. I knew its okay. purpose. I, I, I knew, you know, I got, I got enough of it to, that I wasn't like, there wasn't a lingering question in my brain. Like, wait, I don't, I don't okay. run that by me again. Like that just never happened in this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Susan, you were about to Let's say with the spices. What were you? What were you about to say? Oh, I just said I just didn't get that. What what Andrew just explained, I didn't get that far into. It. I figured uh, I knew it did something to you because it seemed like they got a little trippy off of it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. that was I was just like it's obviously a prized possession too. So that was all I 
really gathered. Yeah, they mention yeah. they there's 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 not a lot, but there there's a mention of we need it for our pilots, for our navigators, mm-hmm. and to get you know to do space travel, we need this thing, and so that's you know yeah. that's what I picked up on uh, as well. Anyways, continue, Andrew. Uh, yeah. with some of your other well, thoughts. Arrakis is the only planet, only known planet that has it. Mm-hmm. So that's why Arrakis is like the big commodity planet. Uh, yeah, so that's really like he. I'm gonna mention my big negative for this movie, sure. but it's but it's only to talk about my pros with it. No, my no. big negative is I look at this movie and I say this is not a movie. This is a two hour and forty five minute pilot for a TV show. It is setting up everything without delivering a full story. It's just. This whole movie is exposition for future movies, I feel so, like. Now, if this was a TV show, it would be phenomenal pilot. One of, like, possibly the best pilot ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no first, third, and third act. So yeah. do you want to talk about enough. this? Do you want to talk about this now, or do you want to wait uh, till later? Because it's obvious. I, when I said I have one major negative, and it's huge, but it didn't, I mean. and, is and this I think it? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And I think it's most people's yeah. like I, I yeah. don't I guess we'll talk about it a little bit now as, as much as we want, because, hey, this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah. But for me, but just keep in mind that I'm talking about it to explain my pros. Later correct. On, but correct. We can hold off on those. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I just I, what I need to say, I guess, is that I don't understand the marketing of this movie. I don't understand why every poster, every trailer, every mention says Dune Part One. I don't understand why they called this movie Dune. I don't understand why they didn't do a Lord of the Rings here. I am so Mm -hmm. confused by why this wasn't all shot at the same time, wasn't a two to three movie project where it was like, hey, they're coming out, you know, uh, consecutive years, you know, how like, you know, Cameron's doing with the next Avatar Because do they even have a second one confirmed? No, they're yeah. like playing. It's, so, conf- no, it's confirmed now, but it is confirmed now because I, people, when we left the screening, were like, they don't know if there's going to be a second. No, one. and I thought yesterday, just yesterday, I heard them still really? playing this game. It's like, hmm, I don't know. You guess you better yeah, go I see it seen in any theaters. Like they're holding this second part over people's head. Like I don't know. Not sure if we're going to green light part two. Better go make billions of dollars. And it's like that. I just I don't understand that. I am so confused about that. And it it it's kind of angering to me. It's surprising how much I love yeah. this movie, considering how angering that is to me. Um, because you're absolutely right. This is the first half of a movie or the pilot of a TV show. This is not a complete story arc. This is this is this isn't even Fellowship of the Ring, right? Like I was talking about this on Twitter with somebody just yesterday. Like this isn't even. This is the you know the the first half of Fellowship of the Ring. Like this, this is, is yeah. this is whenever they get to uh, Rivendell, <laughs> and then the movie ends. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so uh, let so, me say just real quick what I found. Uh, uh, Dune Part Two is in the works or in pre production right now, as well as Dune: The Sisterhood, which is a TV series, which is all about the Bene Gesserit. So it's it's quote unquote in the works, but like as far as like an official green light, I don't think they've said because I it think, just says pre production pre production yeah. can mean whatever you want it to. Exactly. Yeah, right that's now. like that's so. not like an official official like com- yeah. confirmation. They'll confirm it soon. Yeah. They'll confirm yeah. it soon. Yeah. I mean, I assume they will. Now, I mean, I, I haven't looked at the box office for this at all, but I, I assume it's doing fine, and I assume they will confirm part two. But I mean, can you imagine if they didn't? 
Like it's just it oh makes no gosh. sense. It makes no sense. What a waste sense. of money. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's terrible. Yeah. I was you yeah. brought up the fellowship of the rings analogy, and mm-hmm. that's actually what I was gonna be talking about. Mm-hmm. That was like one of my big points is uh, the first time I saw Fellowship of the Rings, I'm going to be totally honest and I'm going to get uh, my nerd card revoked. I hadn't <laughs> read the Lord of the Rings books and I really didn't know anything about Lord of the Rings back in 2001. Right. So whenever uh, I saw Lord of the, the Fellowship of the Rings, I was blown away and I was enjoying the movie so much. And then the movie gets to the part where Sam and Frodo start walking down the mountain towards Mordor and then it just stops. In the movie theater, I was like, what the hell? The, what happened? I didn't know there was going to be a second and a third. Mm-hmm. But then I found out, oh, they've already filmed these movies. There's mm-hmm. already the trilogy that's been filmed. And I was like, okay. But at the same time, Fellowship of the Ring was a complete movie. Yeah, there exactly. was a story arc to it. it yeah. yeah, there, there was, was a, a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is a beginning that's mm-hmm. all it is. That's all it is. And, and a Which, portion of a middle with uh, actually a lot of bit of next time on Dune. Yeah, like, I yeah. was waiting for a to be continued, actually. It's funny you said the TV show thing because I was completely waiting for to be continued. Seriously, like yeah. so many of those, like I know they have precog stuff going on in the story, but so many of those precog scenes were basically, oh, it's coming, guys. Next time <laughs> yeah. on Dune. You know, it's, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Previously on 24. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, actually, in the, the title card, whenever the title pops up, Dune, it actually comes up as Dune Part 1. They do. Did You're you right. That's that? what I'm saying. Yes. It, uh, that yeah. should have been the whole yes. thing for the whole time. Like we From the very beginning? From the very beginning, they should have talked mm-hmm. about how this was yeah. a, a two or three. I think it's two. They're still not really saying, but it's like, you know, if this was going to be a three-part or two-part movie, like, let people know. Because this is just yeah. There's so yeah, that much, was there's so much frustration that could be avoided from people coming to the end of this movie and going, wait, what? You know, yeah. like yeah. The thing is, though, whenever I think of the David Lynch movie, and again, I I don't remember much of it, but I do remember they tried to cram so much into one movie mm-hmm. that that's actually what I was kind of worried was going to happen again. But I was like, oh, Denis knows what he's doing, <laughs> so I'm like, he's not going to let me down here. But had I known going in, and that's what you're talking about with the marketing of this movie. If they would have told me going in that this was going to be a series and that this was just going to be like the jumping off point, I would have had my expectations set and I would have enjoyed this movie so much more, so much more. Uh, But I keep coming back to why, why isn't this a movie? Yeah, yeah. Susan, do you have? Why don't you give us uh, some of your general thoughts? Well, I mean, that was my my biggest issue course, with the film was course, that yeah. obviously that it's it's a beginning of a movie, but also beautiful, beautifully shot. Oh, nothing gosh. visually wrong with it, especially in the IMAX. We got to sit in the like seats that have like the it vibrates. Oh, the D box or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, Dolby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so. Um, so that nice. was great. But I'm a story person. I love. I'm all about like give me more to like work with. I mean, the actors are incredible. Timothy Chalamet is just like his Oscars coming eventually. Like, but the first hour and 20 minutes, nothing happens. Nothing happens for the first hour and 20 minutes. Not enough for me. I like, I, I mean, I had a critic sitting next to me who was literally looking around the room. 
I could see hmm. him just looking around because it was <laughs> way too much. It was way too much exposition. It was way too much just like dreaming and talking. And so, and then on you add that to, so I'm thinking, okay, well, this is going to be worth it though. Like eventually this whole like first hour and a half that nothing happens, there'll be a payoff. No, there wasn't a payoff because right when I feel like something good is about to happen, they, they cut the, they cut the movie and mm -hmm. I just, it wasn't the, the parts when things happen were good there. They were, they were, I really did like, um, God, Peter Skarsgård. Is that his name? I always get the Skarsgård. Ellen. Ellen. So good Damn, in this I don't movie. Know what, he, so good in this. he is great. He is great. I really love the scene with, um, where he's got Oscar Isaac, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, like that, that's a wonderful scene. Um, but there was like, those were few and far between. Like there just wasn't a lot of exciting scenes for me outside of like visually compelling scenes. There wasn't a lot of scenes that helped move the story forward mm -hmm. for me. Like that actually made me get invested in the story. So far the story's just okay to me. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not hooked in enough. Like if it doesn't get a part two, that sucks. But I, I don't have enough of a story to grab onto to mm. really – I'll be like, well, shucks. I don't get to see more pretty visuals, but I guess I didn't really know much about these characters anyways to really care too much. And, mm. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it's frustrating, and I we actually compared it a lot to Mockingjay Part 1. That was something we talked about because that was one that got a lot of backlash as a film that nothing happened in. But to go with your – because the first Lord of the Rings, I think, had a really good beginning, middle, and end. So that was fine with me. Yeah. But at least the uh, the Hunger Games series, they gave us two really good standalone films to where, like, the first one and then uh, Catching Fire, I think it was, like – I'm already invested. I don't care if I have to sit through part one of Mockingjay and nothing happens because at this point I just need to know how this story ends. I, I hope Dune continues because I do think there's something wonderful in the works, but I'm going to be okay if it doesn't, honestly. And I hate to say that. No, no, I, hear you. I, I do think he's an incredible director. I was trying to think when you were talking about not connecting the story, what I do connect to, and I, I really do think it's the pull that the Chalamet character, uh, mm -hmm. Paul, um, thanks for having yeah. a normal name, main character. Um, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say normal. One that I'm more comfortable with. Um, that Paul. It's easy to pronounce. Paul. Yeah, it's exactly. Easy to pronounce. Yeah. Uh, for me, again, because it's a name I know. Uh, anyhow, uh, because you could certainly look at that and go Paul, uh, but no, it's Paul. Paul. Uh, so anyhow, the Paul character is, is experiencing the growth and the. Uh, the tug and pull of two different worlds. And that's always interesting to me. And the conversations he's having with his mother are different than the conversations he's having with his father. And I think at, the, at its heart, this appears to me to be about a story about finding your own individual purpose amongst the quote unquote destiny that your parents feel uh, they are supposed to give you, which in this case are two different destinies. One is to be the, do they call them Dukes? The Duke of. Yeah, he, he's, he's uh, a Duke guy. Duke uh, Atreides is his right, father. Right, right. And, and yes. And so, like, you know, his father wants to pass that on to him. His mother has other things that she's trying to teach him and pass on to him. We get that great, in my opinion, scene about the voice, which, again, is another one of those things that's never explained, but I totally got it. I totally the understood. The voice is so cool. 
so cool. Totally understood. Very, it. very Jedi. There's, there's, yeah. there's a voice, there's a voice scene in a helicopter that I think is absolutely astonishing and compelling. Yeah, and that's it's, a good scene. And yeah. and so for me, I go back to these scenes, and I'm just like, the scenes are compelling for many reasons. Some of them are visual. Some of them are audio. You know, whatever the case may be. But they're also com- compelling to me because. He's learning something there. Like he's trying to figure out something about himself there, what it means to be a leader. And so we're, we're following this kid. Um, I actually gathered a lot from his interactions with the, um, I almost said Cal Drago. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jason Momoa. Momoa. Because uh, yeah. he, he, he's going back to the desert. You know, what can I say? Uh, yeah, Jason. Duncan Idaho. Uh, Duncan Idaho. What a great, there's a great name. I actually, um, he was my favorite character. Yes. Outside of yeah, yeah I, love, I love Duncan Idaho in this. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but I went to a lot of those scenes and you could tell there's like almost this like big brother person outside of my family who has to tell me what to do. Like that mm-hmm. kind of respect you have for somebody who's been, you know, older than you, but also closer to your age, you know, kind of thing uh, going on. So I just, I felt like it really, for me, set up those story pieces really well. Now, again, half a movie, uh, so a lot of that isn't paid off. Um, Some of it is. Some of that is paid off in this movie, um, but not all of it and not the big stuff, right? So, um, and, and even talking about performances, that has an impact. Even talking about Timothy Chalamet's performance, you go, okay, if his story arc is to go to a certain place, we're only seeing half of his story arc. So his performance mm-hmm. almost feels a little lesser than, you know, than it might have had we seen, you know, a complete evolution or a complete change or something. I think it wants that final, uh, there's, you know, there's a final scene. That's all I'll say. It's just the final scene of mm-hmm. this movie. I think yeah. they want that to be a moment for him. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't quite work because it's not, it's not the real moment it's- for him. Um, no, so. it doesn't feel strong enough at all. Right, it was yeah. a stepping stone yeah. on his journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Like this hypothetical future of if these consecutive movies and shows get made. Like looking back from like twenty twenty five to now, like will my opinion on this movie change? Like, okay, yeah, it did set up this world, and now that I can fully appreciate it, now that this full story is told. Will I look back and go, yeah, you should have just this been is patient. It. This is the question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or or am I gonna go, yeah, it set up the world. But yeah. if I'm gonna look at I this guess... from a, a movie or a storytelling standpoint, it's not a good movie. You right. know, it... you know, there's an interesting thing here where there's almost a you almost have to choose to either be an optimist or a pessimist here right like or or you know yeah. whatever would be in in the middle of those like and i think because i lean so optimistic i already in my mind i'm like more movies are coming they're going to be as amazing as this it's going to resolve the stuff that needs resolved and so like in my mind i am at the fellowship of the ring part where i'm like oh buddy i cannot wait because i haven't felt like this since fellowship of the ring i haven't felt this connected to wow. a fantasy sci-fi property in a way where where I've just been owned by it, where I'm like, oh, give me this story, like put it in my veins, like um, it so just feels ask, grand. Yeah, go ahead. Susan. It's it's because you feel connected to Timothy Chalamet's character or the world. Both. I feel. Both. I feel, and okay. I think I feel more connected to the world, and I think that's because of the, the grandness yeah. in the okay. scope. Um, there is a there there is a care. 
with the grandness in the scope the word I was about to use. of, of this movie that I just fell in love with. And I just, I, I was just like, so the story for me worked and was great, but it, it but it wasn't the primary driver. The primary driver mm-hmm. is I haven't felt like, you know, I, like I feel like it's possible 15 years from now, I'm looking back at some of this and being like, oh, the you shall not pass scene. Oh, the she lobe scene. Oh, the, you know, like, and I will have those moments yeah. with this property and the marketing thing will be in the past. And it'll be like, that'll be like yeah. this hindsight thing where, you know, maybe they should have handled it differently. But right now, your body, your, I your think. Your mind wants to push out the negative. Right. My <laughs> mind wants to be optimistic. Right. And so, yeah. but there is certainly this pessimistic road that you can take that is like, this isn't a movie. This is, you know, this, you know. It's not. So, I mean, it yeah. is, but it's just not a whole movie. You're right. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I do think it's also misleading, and I can see in the comments, too, people are asking, but, like, th- how much Zendaya is in the film? Mm-hmm. If people are curious, it's not a whole lot. I mean, you hear her. You have visions of her, but it's don't don't expect that you're getting the screen time with yes. her that you are with other Same actors. Same with Dave Batista. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I can understand because he, it, it does a great job building the world. And that's where all the, the effort is, is in this world. If you and I and I know, I don't know if this is a fair thing to say, because if you strip away the world and you were just to see, look at it, if you just really focus on just the story, is that enough? But I mean, I guess it's paired with the fact that this is supposed to be an experience too for, for mm-hmm. audiences. So it does, yeah. it does do that. And you do feel engaged in this world, but I don't know if that's enough for me. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'm 100% with you, Susan. This movie's like, here's House Atreides. Here's the Fremen. Here's the mm-hmm. Sandworms. Here's Arrakis. Here's mm-hmm. the struggle. Here's uh, what's coming. See you next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what it is. And it's just, yeah. and maybe you're right, Aaron. Maybe they'll come, they'll make the second film. And it'll blow me away and I'll be like, all right, it was worth it. And I'm open to that. I am open to that. But I, right now, I'm very let down. I, I'm kind of bummed. I'm kind of bummed because when the second film comes out, if it's a two-parter or the second mm-hmm. and third, if it's a three-parter, who knows? Uh, I My instinct is it's a two-parter. Um, yeah. When it comes out, I'm kind of bummed because in my mind, I'm going to want to just count it as one movie. I'm just going to want to go, okay, we saw the first half of this movie. We saw the second half of this movie. But because of the marketing not being that way, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that it's fair for me to make that. That wasn't my decision. Their decision was this is a Dune movie, not this is part it's, one of the Dune movie. You know, yeah. With Lord it feels of the like Rings, it'll be like one. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, I rank we, you, famously on this show. We rank that as one film. We rank the three movies as one Lord of the Rings film um, because oh. it was always That's intended that way. Be the it was. I get here. It was it was marketed that way. It was always said that way. We're making three movies. They're coming out, you know, in consecutive years. We're making them at the same time. We're just showing you parts, you know. So we count it as one. I don't know that I can right. do that in my head here, even though it, it's probably a you know a better choice. It's just I think it was a huge mistake. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just looked up because I was curious how many uh, Dune books there are. Uh, <laughs> there's sixteen. What <laughs> was that? Just te- we just watched the first movie. The first book. No, we weren't even halfway through the first book. Oh God! Um, yeah, uh, there's technically uh, six books by Frank Herbert, and then Frank Herbert passed away, if I'm not mistaken, and then his son uh, picked up where he left off, hmm. and uh, 
that's uh, a lot of people really don't like the way that he, uh, the son uh, uh, was. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't. Uh, maybe Brian or Brad or something like that. But anyway, a lot of people don't like the way he decided to uh, conclude his father's work. Yeah. But I guess there are technically six official Duke Herbert books. books. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Frank Herbert, that is. Uh, all right, we, yeah. we've we've chatted about this for a while. Obviously, there's there's a lot to talk about here. We do have another movie to get to. Any other lingering thoughts, final thoughts, one more thing uh, from either of you guys? No post-credit scene. No post-credit uh, scene. I, I think I just... No want- post-credit scene that just wrapped everything up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I wish there was a post-credit scene. Um, yeah, I, I just... I, I do want to... The, the major good here is the fact that I do like Jason Momoa, but the, I don't want to discredit Timothy Chalamet's performance because he does give it his all and he does a really good job. If there's anything that does might pull you in is his his emotions and his thoughts and everything like that. So I honestly can't think of any performance in this movie that isn't spectacular. It's either spectacular or like career defining like i i would not be surprised if i look back and go okay this is the movie that defines stellan skarsgård's perform like mm. acting perform chops I, it feels so big to me like that it feels so grand that there's something really big going on here i just haven't felt that way yeah. in a long time like i said since lord of the rings i just haven't felt like somebody has and you know it's the same thing where peter jackson loved the material like it was like lord of the rings oh, was yeah, was his thing. And Denis, my mm-hmm. understanding is the same with Dune. He loves yeah. the material. And so, yeah, you can just feel it. It's just that love and care. That care is just dripping off the screen. And that would be my final thing. I guess my one last thing would be to say, once again, if we can do anything to help you enjoy this movie, it's to put your expectations firmly in part one. This is mm-hmm. part one. And if you need to to be able to enjoy it, say they've already made part two, it's coming <laughs> next year, whatever, just put yourself in that brain space and enjoy part one. Yeah. You know, enjoy the first half of this yeah. experience. Um, that's 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 all I can say is that might help you out a little bit. I think it would help a lot of people who didn't know that. And I cannot believe that they didn't market it that way. Just cannot believe yeah. it. Yeah crazy yeah enjoy the spectacle that is the giant sandworm yeah <laughs> there's a lot of yeah, great spectacle i i loved i loved the sand effects i loved the sand compactor machine that they had and kind of like how it you know like displaces sand like there's just some really interesting yeah. stuff going on in this world that i've never seen before um and i loved yeah. it so there you go well that is dune again it is available in theaters uh or on hbo max for a limited time right like keep those on hbo max like for like a, a month, month or something, something yeah like that. so there you go all right let's move in to ron's gone wrong you got me one hi barney i'm your best friend out of my box Your Bebot is like super weird. I am Barney's Bebot. Will you come to my secret shed and like him? Uh, no, no, no. no. Okay, Ron, a bunch of your code is missing. Ah! Oh! You're supposed to know everything about me. Hair brown. Height 411. 5'11 would be better. Girls would not laugh at you. Hey! In a world where walking, talking, digitally connected bots have become children's best friends, an 11-year-old finds that his robot buddy doesn't quite work the same as the others do. Uh, Ron's Gone Wrong uh, stars the voices of Jack Dylan Grazer as Barney, and Ron is voiced by Zach Galifianakis. Uh, And 
Uh, you've got some other people you might know in there as well, including Ed Helms, probably the one you'll know the most, uh, voicing yeah. the dad in this. Um, Ron's Gone Wrong. First of all, terrible title. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I hate it. Absolutely I hate it so much. terrible title of a movie. I can't remember it. I have to look it up every single time. Doesn't it's, sound appealing. No, it's just terrible. It's like, yeah. it's like, let's put words together that don't even sound like they go together. Um, so, uh, Ron's Gone Wrong. Uh, what did you think? Uh, Susan did, didn't get a chance to see it. So, Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love mm-hmm. it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I am going to go with, I'll go with really liked it. Oh, nice. Really liked it. Okay. Not not quite into loved it. I have issues with this movie, but I will say I really liked it. There's This movie says some stuff that I really resonate so with. You heard it here first. Andrew believes this movie is better than Dune. Um, that's what I heard. That's exactly <laughs> what I Hey, yeah. I liked this movie because it's a movie. It's, it's a full movie. Not a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh I am going to land in the low side of liked it. And mm. I may I may kind of tiptoe myself into it's just okay. Um wow. there there certainly is a lot to like about it. And Anderson it seems you liked it more. Why don't you talk about some of that stuff cuz th- there really is a lot to love about this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to move past, you know, like the comedy and stuff which is all great. This mm-hmm. movie is saying things that I really appreciate and things that I feel have needed to be said and having them be said like in a kid's movie mm-hmm. really makes me happy about the toxicity of social media and how, you know, your online persona is not what defines you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That move, this movie does such an amazing job of showing that Aaron knows us. I hate social media so, 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 so much. Yeah. Um, and Having a movie that is like, here's the good things that social media can do, but it will always be overshadowed by what it can do to a person negatively because of how uh, commercialized social media is now with like a cookies and like a, uh, you know, uh, recommended posts and stuff like that. And like a, how you really shouldn't be connected like this connected to everybody well and there's uh, and that's and that's the thing this movie i think does well with that message is it really implies the scale that social media can have and why that's so dangerous as human beings we're not we're m- not meant to handle that scale yeah. of interactivity especially with so kids. many humans especially kids um yeah. and so this movie i think handles that really really well but i think this movie does an amazing job of saying technology can be beautiful it it does a good job of separating technology and social media it shows you the pros of both without trying to combine them into one thing like it's showing you like the beauty and like the remarkable feats that technology can bring you and you know it shows you some of the good things that uh uh social media can do you you know like connecting you with friends and stuff like that but it also does a good job of like separating like one is not the same as the other mm-hmm. and i really really like that again that is not to overshadow that i think this movie is really 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 funny yeah i i think what this movie gets right it gets really really right but i also think yeah. what this movie gets wrong uh in right there in the title uh, is really, really wrong. I like there's the, this is one of those experiences for me 
that I would have great things right next to huge eye rolls. Uh, and that's just, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. And so for me, that kind of lands in the, you know, I can say, I, listen, here's the thing. I had a row of, I'm going to guess sixth graders, somewhere in that fifth to seventh grade range. They were obviously hanging out for a party or something. And they took up a whole row. They had a blast with this movie. And that made me so happy. I love yeah. I, I love when people are having a good time watching movies. And it definitely is a movie that's saying things to them that I think are important and that, you know, that hopefully will, you know, resonate with them and their use of their devices and social media and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, because it does. It really identifies the perils of connectivity really, really well uh, in this movie. Uh, that's one of the great things it does. Another one of the great things it does, which you kind of mentioned and brushed over as well, is it's really funny. Um, the Zach Galifianakis uh, performance slash writing for the character of Ron, um, which is this damaged, you know, robot, uh, is great. Yeah. Real Big Hero Six vibes. Off. I was of, about to say he's that, very. It kind of looks like it. He's <laughs> very much Baymax mixed with Wally. Actually, I think yeah. the better title for this movie is Her Junior. Uh, <laughs> oh, this, really? This is this is dealing with a lot of those same ideas of you know a companion who is a perfect AI who will you know serve you what you want and how that changes your life and how that you know becomes your focus and there's there's a lot of her vibes here as well. Um, but yeah, not not the same scenes uh, as as yeah. her. Very 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 different yeah. uh, in the age range. A lot less. Fewer mustaches. <laughs> yes, fewer. That's exactly <laughs> correct. Uh, so, yeah, I liked a lot of this. Uh, I also really like the way it envisioned the future tech, which is another common thing it has with her. That, you know, I really feel they get right a lot of the ideas of where this technology could take us uh, once, you know, uh, AI becomes smoother and more prevalent. You know, uh, I've already ordered my next Pixel phone. Um, uh, because I always order the evens from Google. The, so I've had the Pixel 2, the Pixel 4, and the Pixel 6 just came out. Uh, and so uh, a lot of what they are advancing in those Pixel phones has to do with AI conversational ability, the ability to talk to your phone in a conversational way and have it do things that you need it to do and or take phone calls for you or call and reserve your spot at a restaurant without you ever having to talk to anybody. Like, you know, just AI doing these tasks for us and this yeah. movie really understands what that could look like for a kid's device. You know, the fact that these devices have, you know, skins that you can put on them and they can look like all these different, you know, pop culture things. Um, you know, so somebody's got theirs as a, a stormtrooper. Captain and Marvel. Someone's got theirs yeah. as Captain Marvel. And, you know, in the way the interactivity works with, you know, live streaming and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, it really is a smart smart way of looking at technology and all that stuff, like I said, is really, really good. Um, but the bad stuff for me was really bad too. I, did you have any, any other, before we, before I, I start kind of going into why, uh, things tore this movie down for me, did you have anything else positive you wanted to, to mention Andrew? Uh, yeah, I, I want to talk about how this movie deals with children and the pressure that is mm -hmm. put on like the modern children, like in the, uh, the social interaction with other kids nowadays, like the pressure to have friends or like, you need to have mm -hmm. a, a certain amount of friends, like the pressure, not only that, uh, that, that our main character Barney puts on himself, but also his parents, his teachers and stuff like that. And, uh, to, it, it feels like they're forcing, forcing him to make non-genuine, uh, 
like uh, friendships and stuff like that, mm -hmm. just so he can meet a quota, I guess you could say, of like a, yep, okay, you got a friend, now we can leave you alone, sort mm -hmm. of a thing, yeah. as opposed to a genuine relationship that actually is built or uh, grows from something natural. Uh, I really, really like the way that this movie deals with uh, not only that, but also how people change over time. And this is really dealt with at the end of this movie with like, uh, yeah, we used to be friends when we were younger. I don't know what happened to us, uh, what changed in us, like why we became who we did and, you know, stuff like that. I think the movie does, because I remember growing up, you know, like everybody had the friend and then uh, uh, time passed. And then, you know, the, the friendship of, went away you know you just kind of separated and uh you became different people and then you like you'll pass that person in the hallway you're like oh yeah when i was younger i was really close with that person yeah. so yeah no it, it really uh on on a personal level that that really resonated with me so yeah i think the movie does a good job telling that's that side i think the movie does this is going to lead me into one of my major negatives i think the movie does a good job presenting the problem and presenting the issue I don't know that it does a good job commenting on what the solution is. I, I the the movie's idea of what the solution is <clears throat> seems pretty uh, unrealistic, and yeah, and there's this movie isn't interested in balance, which I think is often the answer to these kind of questions. Right, it's trying to figure out how how there can be a balance in these things, and the movie that's not the route it wants to go. And I think the route it does go is ridiculous in both a logical way as well as an actually answering, you know, the pertinent question of how can kids find friendship connectivity through technology and do it safely. And the movie just punts yeah. on that. I think the movie punts on that. And that's that's OK. Sometimes it's OK to ask the question without giving the answer. I get that. But I, I wanted a, a resolution that maybe was a little more. Um, aware of the idea of balance, and this this movie, I, I don't think does that very well. So that was that was one of the things I came away after just going, yeah, I wish I wish that would have been better. Um, <clears throat> the other place is the villain, the main villain in this is so oh, bad. Mean Steve Jobs, yeah, or Steve Jobs, yeah, basically. Who plays the villain? Um, uh, Rob Delaney, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Him. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw Deadpool 2, he was yeah. Peter, the guy with the mustache. Yeah. He does a pretty good job of just being a incredibly sure. stereotypical bad guy. But it completely like he is just he's paint by numbers. There there's no layer to him or anything. It's like he's like, okay, I'm the bad guy in this movie. I'm just gonna do everything in my power to be bad without having any like a. Uh, there's there's nothing human about him. Correct. You know, he, yeah. he's a human person, but like he's not he's just a, a, a set piece or like a he's the obstacle in the movie as opposed to being like a moral dilemma. Because right. nobody nobody is that evil. Well, and, I take that back. Well, but <laughs> nobody who is that um obviously evil, uh like you know, publicly evil with with you know yeah. not just employees but even outside of the employees finds themselves in the positions that he finds there's just there's there's so many logical fallacies with the idea of this character and their uh, actions and, and what they do so um yeah yeah so I, I i really didn't like that character every time they were saying something over the top and ridiculous i was rolling my eyes and just so like, they didn't give him like a good like 
background story, like maybe that he had none at all. No, none. Like child Zero. problems no. or problems with Zero friends. Zero at all. No background up. story. Okay. No resolution. No. Okay. It was just. I hate that. It yeah. was just the that only- character is there to kick puppies. That's what that you mm-hmm. know. So yeah. that's one of my biggest only- pet peeves with like a villain. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they're bad. The only background is it started in my garage. That's literally <laughs> as far as the background. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. whole company started in my garage. <laughs> now I'm evil. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it. The, the resolution, the lack of really answering the question, some of the logical fallacies in that over the top villain. It was enough for me to go like, man, I'm I'm hot and cold on this movie and mm. still enough to go. I'm kind of inching into liked it just because it's fun. There's a lot of it that's really, really fun. Um, but uh, but there's enough negative for me uh, to bring me down a little bit. I have to talk about this. It's kind of leading into spoiler territory, but okay. I, I have to talk about okay. it. The fact that this is a kid's movie where the where one of the characters makes a huge sacrifice. Mm hmm. And the movie commits to that sacrifice without retconning it mm-hmm. is like shocking. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're really just gonna do it? Okay, I didn't. Uh, good on you, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that you were uh, capable of doing that. So the fact that this movie that is definitely designed for kids there, there's even a whole lot of like a quote unquote adult movies, you know, mm-hmm. where like a. PG 13 or R where uh, a character will make a sacrifice. And then the movie's like, just kidding. Your kindness is, you know, uh, it's going to be rewarded. You know, this movie's like, no, um, you know, like it, there's, there's just, a sacrifice means something. Just so I'm clear what you're talking about. I'm going to talk around it as well, but you're talking about the, you're not talking about uh, what happens in the woods. You're talking about what happens in the happens. company. In the in the company, yes, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So, um, yes, the movie does give a little bit of a wink to, like, the idea that you know what I'm saying. Like, there is a little bit of wink at the end, but you're right; it doesn't fully retcon it. It allows that sacrifice to stand, um, and I think that yeah. is that is good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's whenever I think of this movie, that's like one of the things that always comes uh, that uh, that it comes back to me. Like, wow, I can't believe that the movie did that. Good for you movie. Yeah. You get a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, I think this movie is just going to like disappear. I don't uh, wow. f- like three years from now. It's unfortunate. I don't think people are even going to know this movie existed. I really so don't. This isn't, this isn't an Oscar animated award contender. It, it might be, but even if it is, even if it gets awards nominations, I'm telling you three mm-hmm. years from now, the general public will not remember this movie existed because it just feels like it's coming out at a time. Like when there's all these big movies that people want to see are coming out yeah. and like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, families may take their kids to it, but I mean, there will be, a, there may be generationally some kids who are watching it now who later have nostalgia yeah. for it, but it strikes me as like a, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example of something that's just fallen onto the radar and people just forget existed, but like Meet the Robinsons a, maybe, or, you know, like Miller versus the Machines is a movie that came out earlier this year. I hope people which, don't forget that one because that was, I was, I was going to say that movie is like my favorite animated movie of the year. Right. I think it's but mine too. I don't so hear, far. I don't think anybody's talking about it yeah but that one will be remembered i think more than this one um yeah my instinct says um but yeah but there you go that's ron's gone wrong i don't really have much else to say about it unless you do andrew um 
No, I, I, again, I, I it's a kids movie, but I really like it. Uh, it's good to see that there are other players in the animated spectrum besides Pixar and Disney that can put out good sure. quality content. So, good job, twentieth century, not Fox. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a uh, it is a Disney movie technically, right? Like, I mean, Disney owns. I, this right yeah. I guess it, yeah. <laughs> I guess so what's what's going to happen are they just going to stop making like 20th century yes. animated stuff I, that has to be the case like, right they, yeah. they just have i mean like I what's know. the point of it's having wild. so many different production companies under the same umbrella it is wild uh all right let us move on into the best ever challenge but before we do that just a reminder that you can support sif pop uh we do a weekly members only pre-show a little bonus podcasting going on for our members love doing that we talked about uh denis villeneuve's career during our uh member pre-show this week and uh ranked uh, each of us kind of ranked his movies the ones that we have seen and talked about his career and our feelings on it uh if you're interested in any of that uh you can check out those different levels at the of sif pop membership at patreon patreon.com slash sif pop you also get access to the main podcast ad free um and all that fun stuff as well so check all that out there again that's patreon.com slash sif pop Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move into the uh, best ever challenge. Um, we're doing best ever desert movies this week. So movies where I think what I said was a significant portion at least takes place in the desert. You like, said a significant scene. A significant scene oh, at least okay. takes place in the desert. Um, yeah. So that may widen it out a, a little bit. I, I definitely use that. Oh, a significant scene. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I had to look up to see what would qualify. For man, I should have said it's his name part of the movie. That's fine. No, no, no. Stretch it out. Use it however you want. Um, so let's go number five to number one. Um, Andrew, why don't you start us off? What's your number five? Remember, you said significant scene. Mm. I want you to remember that whenever I give you this pick of mine. I'm going to go with the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Famous desert because movie, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. It's not a desert movie, but there's a significant portion of this movie that does take place in the desert. Where yeah. uh, Z, is it? ZZ Yang is that the actress's name? Uh, I'm trying to look up. I know I'm going to be like butchering people's names. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure either. Now. Uh, but no, this movie is one of the best. Like, it's one of the most beautiful movies ever made. Yeah, it is Zizi Yang. Uh, whenever Jin and Lo, which is uh, Chin Chang, whenever they're like her pirate uh, uh, love interest, you know, hides out in the desert and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Definitely not what the movie is really focused on. The movie is definitely focused <laughs> on, you know, <laughs> the actual uh, 
Jade, uh, Destiny, which this movie is just so beautiful not only from like a martial arts standpoint <laughs> but you know the way the wire work were is done and uh the is just an inherent beauty in like the way this movie is told yeah. so good job angley you are a visual master yep uh it is my own fault i blame myself yeah. uh <laughs> that's just such a stretch <laughs> i will Way off i will blame I myself on that there's one there's a good portion of this movie that takes place in the desert man a all good right. portion of all it right. you just forget it because there's so much greenery in the rest that's right of it. yes yeah it's all green but it takes place i in didn't know there was a desert in that movie so yeah Learn something uh, new. Actually, there's probably like 30 minutes worth of this movie that takes place in a desert. I think you'll, I think this certainly will count. My number five. In fact, it might even get trumped. Uh, maybe. I don't know. My number five is Mad Max Fury Road. Um, Trump. There you go. Mm. Uh, what do you got at number five, Susan? This I thought mine might get trumped here. Uh, Dune. 2021 recently. Oh. <laughs> those, uh, those sandworms. That's really beautiful <laughs> yeah so, no whatever no, they it was, are this this might be in my top five as well in general we the like the movie we're talking about that kind of launches the uh, the topic we don't necessarily usually put in our top five but you're not the first one to do it and you know it makes sense yeah. like you know it's it's definitely a I desert mean, movie beautiful yeah i think there's enough desert in this movie for it to qualify. <laughs> i know i mean there's so much i just I, I there's, <laughs> one of the few things i liked about this film was like just watching the sand move mm -hmm. so yeah yeah no, the sand effects are great uh andrew what did you got what you got at number four this is going to be a lot more on par once upon a time in the west oh. good old western mm -hmm. uh good there's you can kind of make the argument of prairie and desert but there's a lot of just barren like nothing growing in this mm -hmm. movie i love spaghetti westerns it's, this is my second favorite western ever it's just a, a crazy good story that's being told you got charles bronson henry fonda it's it's sergio leone who is the godfather of spaghetti westerns it's it's beautiful it's a great great movie great revenge tale if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it Okay. Nice. Off to get on my list. Um, let's see. My number four is Prince of Egypt. Uh, comes in at my number four. Aww. I love this movie. Uh, I think the music yeah. is amazing yeah. in this movie. The music. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the, you know, the story has stood quite the test of time, uh, this story. And it's just, yeah, it's really great performances. You know, obviously, it would be cast different now. You know, like if this movie were made now, um, there there'd be a a, a lot less Caucasian what, Val casting. Kilmer wouldn't be Moses. <laughs> yeah, a lot less white. Ray Fiennes wouldn't be Pharaoh. Um. So, uh. But yeah. So other than that part of you know not aging well, um, I, I really do enjoy. You it. say that, but didn't Ridley Scott just do this story with Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton? <laughs> the Prince of Egypt. He did the Moses story with Christian Bale. And uh, oh, I know what you're is talking it gods about. And, is it got kings and gods or something like that? Oh, yeah, I didn't like it, I forgot about that. Yeah, Exodus, gods and kings. Yeah, yes, Christian Bale, Joel Edgerton. What it's year was that? Weave. That was uh, not 2015 ish. Yep. Wow, yeah, well, there you go. Anyhow, uh, you know, I think it is certainly a fair thing to talk about and a fair thing to say about a movie like this. Um, but, uh, setting that aside, I, I have a very strong place in my heart for, uh, for this one. So good stuff. No, uh, 
Yeah, the uh, the Let My People Go slash The Plagues song is like one of the most memorable moments of this movie for me. Actually, for as amazing as the score and the uh, the spectacle of it all, I think my favorite scene of this movie is actually the Angel of Death. T- oh, going yeah, it's incredible. Egypt. It's incredible. It's such a haunting, yeah, the firstborn. striking moment in the movie. That's what I always come back to because yeah. it's just so quiet and eerie. Yeah. Yep. Good pick, man. Such a good pick. I actually uh, really like this movie. Susan, what do you got at number four? Um, Mad Max Fury Road. There you go. Nice. There it is. I mean, I, it was one of those movies for me that wasn't like, I didn't like love this movie like everyone did, but I did appreciate it visually. And um, I think it's great performances by Charlize Theron and mm-hmm. uh, Tom Hardy. So, yeah. 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 That was, it's great. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Witness Road is uh, I, actually is, is one of those movies that's grown on me over time. Um, I I wasn't huge on it when it came out. I I, I respected yeah. it in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but um, a revisit of Mad Max Fury Road uh, really locked me into some of what people uh, had already recognized that I hadn't yet with just how incredibly um, the scale, how incredible the scale is, how incredible some of those visuals are, some of those mm-hmm. practical uh, effects that he's doing with you know some of those vehicles of and stuff effects. it's just it's insane um so yeah yeah mad max fury road yeah. is my number five your number mm-hmm. four uh i yes. think that brings us to our number threes andrew what do you got at number three I might get trumped i'm gonna go with gladiator not, yeah, I didn't even think about that movie. Not trumped by me. No, that's no, a good not by me either. Uh, the good portion before uh, Maximus gets taken back to Rome, or not taken back sure. to Rome. He's never been there before, but uh, you know he's he's doing the tour, if mm-hmm. uh, if you want to call it that, the the Colosseum Gladiatorial tour, uh, all throughout the Middle East. And uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's uh, a reason there's I, a reason this kind of movie over the course of cinema history has been called swords and sandals, right? Like, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of yeah. desert too. There's a lot of sand to these movies. So yeah, I, I, I would absolutely consider gladiators as a desert. Movie. Yeah, <sighs> I would too. What can be said about this movie that hasn't been said a hundred times, you know, walking Phoenix, one of the best villains ever. Yes. A visual masterpiece. I love it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, my number three is maybe a stretch. But I don't think so. I think this absolutely counts. Uh, my number three is The Martian. Um, Good call. Yeah. Good call. Uh, uh, the Deserts huh. of Mars. Um, yeah. Over a lot of this movie. It is called The Desert Planet. So yeah. I didn't even think about that. Y'all are creative with your choices. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love The Martian. That's yeah, I do too. But I remember th- being yeah. blown away. I watched that twice in theaters. And that's like a long movie, right? Like, I, I know it's, is it like, Two and a half hours or something like that, but Long maybe enough. it's not. Maybe it's maybe it's less. But either way, my point is, it just it flies by. Is it's yeah, yeah. I was that's what I was about to say. It's a long movie, but it definitely doesn't feel it. Yeah, yeah. it's two. Okay, so it's it's two and a half hours. Does not does I don't feel that way at all with it. And I love that it's funny but dramatic and exactly what you said. I mean, there's so many high stakes to that in that film. It like I'm on the edge of my seat most of the time. And yeah. It's one of actually. It's one of the few movies I would call perfect. Actually, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that designation. I mean, for sure. obviously, out of 2015, it's the funniest movie ever. <laughs> According the to the best Golden comedy. Globes, yes, of course. Yeah, best yeah. comedy. That that Such a fun movie. 
Such a funny movie. Uh, yeah. That scene, that scene where he cracks his visor and he has to duct tape it. Hilarious. I mean, that's some Uncle Buck comedy mm-hmm. right there. Laugh you know? a minute. Mm-hmm. Laugh a minute. Yeah. Very, very. Oh, my God. All right. On to, our, on to our number twos. Andrew, what do you got? Oh, wait. You'll I didn't try number three. You didn't? Oh, oh no, you didn't. Sorry, Susan. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I thought for whatever reason you, when you were talking about the Martian because I was talking about the Martian. You, you loved so it so much. Yeah, Susan, what's your number yes. three? Uh, it's it's Aladdin, the 2019 version. Yeah, yeah, totally mm. um, get that. Had it in my honorable mentions for sure. Did you? Okay, yeah. good. I was worried y'all were gonna be like that movie was terrible, but um, <laughs> wait, did you I, say I really the 2019 version? Yes. Oh, okay, interesting. I thought I had the, the original I, you know, in my Susan, honorable mentions, but. I do, like, I, I do like the original animated more, but I was surprised because Aaron and I had this conversation so many times uh, about mm-hmm. like our my disdain for just pure re- recreations of yeah. live actions of Disney. But the, I think that Aladdin is the uh, the exception to the rule because it yeah. not only fixed, or re- I guess you could say retconned a lot of the issues that the other one had, but this mm-hmm. movie actually... S- had something to say, especially with the Princess Jasmine character. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, th- fully agree with you. I, I am not crazy about these live action remake Disney movies at all because they're literally just copycatting what we already saw and not doing yeah. a better job of it. Uh, I almost th- put it as the animated. I didn't know we could do animated. Otherwise, I probably would have just picked the Aladdin, the yeah. animated. Yeah. But I did truly love this Aladdin. And it's exactly, I just, I love the representation that's in it. It's actually like Middle Eastern actors and, uh, or people of color. And mm-hmm. also what they were saying, what they were doing with Jasmine that we did not see in the animated film. And they have a nice new song that I really enjoyed. Yeah, is it the "I will not be silent" song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't speechless. I think yeah. is what it's called. Oh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know who really wrote? Good. Do you yeah, guys know who wrote that song? No, who? You? Wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong about this. I will look it up to confirm here in a second. I believe that's Pasek and Paul, uh, the same same people who did uh, La La Land, uh, Greatest Showman, oh. um, and most recently, I mean, they know music. Uh, Dear it Evan Hansen. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen, most recently. So yeah, they they know how to write good stuff. Uh, I will look that up and confirm that. Just uh, just good to make call, sure. Susan. Good call. Yeah, I like I like the live action Aladdin. I like the yeah. live action versions more than most. Uh, Lion King's really the only one where I'm like, what was the point of this movie? Pointless. Um, but uh, but yeah, other than the representation thing. Well, the good news is it's not but, live yeah. action. So <laughs> it's, oh, that's <laughs> true. Technically, it's computer so. generated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, now we're on to our number twos. Andrew, what do you got? Uh, you'll trump this one, but I'll go ahead and throw it out. Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. I have it at number two as well, so we can talk about it uh, right now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you chose wisely, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you have chosen wisely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's my favorite Indiana is... Jones movie. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Y'all aren't Temple of Doom fans? No, no. I mean, uh, I, I, I like okay. Temple of Doom. I'm a, I'm a Temple of Doom apologist. Sure, sure. Uh, I like Temple of Doom. I'm, I'm That's my favorite one. The last, the last Crusade is... It's because it humanizes Indiana Jones mm-hmm. with the Sean Connery father character. Because for the last two movies prior to this, we've seen him as this, you know, hero like this. Uh, you know, he's going to yeah. win the day. But whenever you see him turned into a child in his father's mm-hmm. presence, you know, like after all of his accomplishments and stuff, all he has to say is junior or junior. something like that. And you see him junior and you see him, you know, just get uh, 
cut down a pig and you're like, oh, wow. We named the dog I think Indiana. That- <laughs> <laughs> you are named after the dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the trials that he goes on, the penitent man, the, the name of God, easily the best one is the, the leap of faith. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool way that that was shot. Yeah. I love it so much. I love yeah. this movie. Doesn't make any sense technically, but, uh, you know. Hey. But it, it looks gorgeous. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll forgive <laughs> it. You would have to have so somebody's cool. head locked into 3D space to be able to pull off that effect. But yeah, it's it's like that a uh, street art, you know, where like if you in the exact right paint, spot, like, yeah, 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 you had yeah. to stand in this exact yeah. spot to appreciate it. Yeah. And if you look at it from another, it just looks like this right stretched out mess. Yeah, Indy. All Indy had to do to solve that one was go like this. Just move. Just yeah. move an inch to the left. <laughs> That's all he had to do to solve that one. He didn't have yeah. to throw the rocks out there. Um, yeah, no, it's my favorite Indiana Jones as, uh, as well. I, you know, most people are Raiders would probably be that. And I get that. It's kind of the first yeah. one. Uh, Susan, you're actually one of the first people I've ever heard say Temple of Doom's their favorite, um, oh which God. is great. I'm, I'm glad. I love um, that one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's I just, fun. it's the, it's so, it, I think Temple of Doom's the funnest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so lighthearted. I think it's the darkest. I think it's, mm. uh, I mean, it is fun, but there's, it's, you but know. He does rip the guy's heart yeah, out. Yeah, you got hearts coming yeah, out. And, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one, just, I don't know. I loved everything about it. Uh, but primarily, I, I usually talk about the chemistry between Connery and, and Ford in this. And just, the, it's clear. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's such a clear father-son dynamic. And it works so yeah. well in this movie. Um, yeah. It's only, it's only surpassed by Crystal Skull. <laughs> of course so, yes. uh, yeah of course of yeah course. uh susan what do you got at number two um i wonder if this will be uh trump but the mummy no i do love oh, the mummy though really i am so I love the mummy i love the first mummy i mean i think i even enjoyed the second one truthfully but oh, not the tom cruise one okay no were you <laughs> Were you really? No, thinking? I'm joking. Oh, I'm, okay. joking. I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I just, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, so it's hard to fully remember, but I, I remember how I felt when I watched it, and I know I watched it a lot when I was younger. Um, but yeah, and just, I I'm, I always like root for Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I feel like we haven't seen him in a while. I hope he's... He's got a nice little comeback going on right now, though. Um, Does yeah. he? Oh, yeah. He's been in a few things. Doom Patrol. If you haven't seen Doom Patrol, it's weird. It's such a weird show. But he's great in it. And he also had that movie with Don Cheadle. And, yeah, the Soderbergh uh, film. Benicio Del Toro. Mm-hmm. What was that movie called? Yeah, it was the Soderbergh movie. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I can look it up. Yeah. But no, he was great in it for the for the limited time, and now he's going to be in this movie with uh, directed by Scorsese, De Niro, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So he's making a comeback. But yeah, well, great. Well, yeah, he was one of those actors that I would say was one of my like childhood actors in Cino Man and uh, Blast from the Past yeah. and all those movies. Like I just really always enjoyed him. Uh, but he was great, and that's this was also the first time I ever saw uh, Rachel Weisz in a in a movie. So, nice. but it, I mean, oh. regardless, the story was good too. I just thought it was a great story and yeah. uh, exciting. Uh, no sudden move is the Soderbergh movie that That's he was in was. in this year. Yeah. So, and I did confirm no, that Pasek and Paul did write that song from Aladdin. So nice. Yeah. I did actually just rewatch the mummy uh, last month, I think something like that. It was on TV and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch. I forgot how much I was traumatized as a child by scarabs. And how, how I thought that they were just going to come and get me, even though I live in Missouri. 
Uh, <laughs> Scarabs are everywhere here in the yes. Ozarks. Apparently. Of course, of course they are. Uh, all right, on to our number ones. Our favorite desert movie of all time. Uh, Andrew, I've never been more sure of your number one <laughs> in the history of the show. Uh, but go ahead no. and say it. I'm going to go with The Dark Tower. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and in I case mean, you don't know this, it is Andrew's favorite movie of all time as well. Yeah. Um, so that's so. your favorite Western. I was wondering what your number one Western yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can move on. I, I, I don't know what else I can say about this movie. I mean, maybe I can I talk about it because I've, I've seen it recently. You just recently saw it. I, I just recently time. saw it for uh, the first time. A month ago? Yeah, and I talked about it on the show a little bit. So you know, there's a little bit of repeat. But um, but man, the the the... Absolute genius camera work uh, during that standoff at the end in this movie is iconic. It's just absolutely 100% iconic. There's, you know, um, and for good reason. And so if you haven't seen it, uh, yes, there's a lot of movie yeah. before that. Yes, there's a lot of good movie before that. But that final standoff scene is some of the greatest movie making in history and definitely worth the watch alone. So I think yeah. it's almost a four. It's like a three and a half hour movie. It's a yes. long movie. It is oh, a long movie. Man. It is a long movie. <sighs> And that's, uh, I think, one of the only versions you can see, like, nowadays is the, uh, yeah, it's a three-hour movie. Uh, I think one of the only versions you can find nowadays is the extended one, where uh, they actually, there was a whole bunch of scenes that got cut originally because the audio was, like, bad. And then they redubbed the movie by actually bringing in the actors. So there's scenes where you can see, like, Eli Wallach and Clint Eastwood, but it's, like, the 80-year-old audio dubbing of mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood. Like, so you can definitely tell like, Oh yeah, that's an 80 year old man's voice dubbing over right here. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. Going back to that, uh, final, uh, standoff scene. I think it's only elevated and made so iconic by the Ennio Medicone, uh, uh, score a huge part of that it goes over it. That's a huge yeah. part of it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, my number one is speaking of Dune, uh, my number one is Star Wars, um, which Tatooine. takes place mostly wow. on a desert planet. Um, that I mean, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is a desert. I wish I would have thought of it. It would have been in mine. Well, and, and honestly, I'm I'm only half joking about the speaking of Dune thing. It is it becomes clearer and clearer to me how much of Star Wars was based on that material. The the whole planet of Tatooine feels so much like you know the oh a desert planet, a sand planet. You know, like. There's a lot yeah, of Sarlaccs the are the same. Sarlacc, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's just there's so much. Um, even even the the you know Vader kind of feels like the Skarsgård character. You know, like there's just a mm. lot of stuff there that feels very very similar. Um, so You're right. so yeah. Anyhow, Star Wars. I don't know. I, you know <laughs> how many times you need to hear a white guy talk about Star Wars? Uh, so why do you like Star Wars? That's so that's Tell so important to me. What is Wars what is movie. so good about it? Has it turned into a big thing? Yes. Yeah. What is more cliche than the the white forty something talking about Star Wars and what it meant to them as a child? Um, all right, on to your number one, uh, Susan. Well, I had no doubt that this one would not be on any of y'all's list. <laughs> it's Holes with uh, Shia LaBeouf. I, I like this movie. I yeah. love this movie so much. It's so good. Um, as a kid, I watched it just because I was a big fan of Even Stevens. Mm -hmm. And it has so much heart in this movie. Not just that, but it's actually really well written. It has a good plot twist. Mm -hmm. And... 
um, oh man, I forget the other kid's uh, name, and I think his the character's name might be Zero, but uh, they're they're all the kid actors are all are all the actors. Is it Cleo Thomas? Uh, Hector Maybe. Zeroni. <laughs> Zeroni, yeah, because it was Madame Zeroni. Yes. Yeah, Cleo, Cleo Thomas played Hector yes, Zeroni. It was so, him. Yeah. He he was great in it. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is great in it too. Like it's all it's just a wonderful cast, but it's it a it's a cast. really good really good story. Like it was well good weaving in that stuff with the flashbacks and um what was currently happening and yeah. I don't know. I, I was bare. I, I wasn't usually. I, I feel like there's a lot that these days, especially as a critic. Well, I wasn't even a critic when I watched it, but even then, I felt like not many things surprised me. Mm-hmm. And so, when a movie did surprise me, I was always. I remember that, but nice. I love that movie. Holes. I love how faithful it is to the book too. Oh, okay. I didn't even know it was yeah. a book. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually, growing up, it was one of the few books. Like, uh, I don't know if like your English class, did your English or literature classes actually like the teacher read books to you and stuff? Growing up, I I don't think yeah. so. Actually, I don't know that I've ever really? been read to in I, in literature class. I mean, but. when I was a kid, when I was like in the elementary school, they read to us. I don't know about you're talking about like in when we were in high school. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Like, I think it was in middle school or it might have been like elementary before. But yeah, they read holes. Oh, fun. oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was spot on. So whenever the movie came out, everybody's like, oh, that was the book that they read us. And yeah, it was really, really good. Nice. Let's talk about honorable mentions. Do you guys have any you want to list off? There's plenty. Yeah, there really is. Uh, every Western ever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I had that one down, too. Yeah. <laughs> well uh, hell i guess that's say star wars i i had let's see you mentioned the good the bad and the ugly obviously uh which i knew you would i really like hidalgo i don't know if you guys have ever seen hidalgo a horse race through the desert um yeah. Hugo mortensen really fun rango is a great animated movie um that takes place in the desert uh recently palm springs is a desert? Oh. There's a lot of that that takes place in the desert. Man, so that is a great one. Yeah, dang, yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. I'll throw that in there too. None of us mentioned probably what you know the classic cinemaphile answer would be, which of course is Lawrence of Arabia. Um, oh yeah, but <laughs> I try. Like, I, I try and that. force myself to like that movie <laughs> as much as everybody else. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, it's good, but uh, yeah, you know. Uh, Ben-Hur, you know, Swords and Sandals, Ten Commandments, you know, those kind of things. Stargate. Stargate is a good choice. I love Stargate. Um, I do. I like that as well. Uh, Raising Arizona, uh, also a lot of that in the desert, um, if you wanted yeah. to go with, uh, I guess, Cohen yeah. Brothers. I, like I said, I just recently had that as my, uh, buried treasure a couple of weeks ago. So yep. yeah, that should have been fresh in my mind. Yeah. So there's, uh, did you have any others, Andrew? English Patient. Sure. I'm one of the, even though it won Best Picture, it's one of those movies that I feel still feel like I got to uh, uh, champion. Like, no, guys, it's really a good movie. It yeah. won Best Picture, but trust me, it's a good movie. No, 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 you're you're not <laughs> wrong. Like how there's, I feel with Crash. Yeah, there's how I, I feel like with Crash. Crash. I, I love. It's such a good movie. That's thank you, Andrew. Kid, thank you. Yeah, Crash is the like that scene where she jumps into her father's arms because she thinks that she has the invisible cloak. Cry. I cry more in that scene than I've ever cried in any uh, scene in any movie. You know what it is? There are just some movies when they win Best Picture that people are just like, oh, come on. Yeah, and they scoff. And so there's, and and it's so it's easy then. The backlash is very easy to a Best Picture winner. And so, yeah, crashes that way. Um, Yeah, English Patient is definitely that way. 
uh, Green Book, <laughs> certainly oh. that way. Um, There's just many that, yeah. that critics yeah. are just like, nope, nope, don't agree. But I'm glad you guys. So like I only had two others that I would throw out. Uh, actually, three. I take that back. Uh, Fear and Loathing. It's just it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just a it's just a masterclass in acting, really. If it's anything, uh, the original uh, Flight of the Phoenix, I really like, and then uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Nice. I know it's kind of a western, but it's not kind of a western. It's a it's it's like on the border of being a western, mm-hmm. but no, I love that one a lot. Well, there so, you go. Those are mine. Yeah. Best ever desert movies and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, all right, we will. Hey. Move- <laughs> Thirty minutes of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move into our buried treasure. Susan is the guest this week, so you get to go last. Uh, okay. Andrew, you kicked us off with the best ever challenge, so I guess I can go first on buried yep. treasure. Um, I watched a TV show that just came out on Hulu. Well, I watched the first three episodes. I think there's six episodes. Um, It's called The Next Thing You Eat. Um, And this is uh, Chef David Chang, um, who you may be familiar with through other food shows, chef culture, foodie culture, whatever, if you're kind of into that thing. But he's taking a look at the future of food, and he's looking at different aspects of the idea of how we will get our food, um, what that food will be. Uh, there's an entire episode on um, uh, lab-grown meats. Like, you know, the idea in the future, will we even raise cattle for burgers? Or will it be, you know, will burgers just be able to be made without actually having to put the economical and environmental resources into farming so many cattle uh, across the world? Um, and so it's really, really interesting. Is it great? I don't think it is, and I, I hate to scare somebody away from it, but I but what I will say is if you are interested in the topic, watch it because there's some really interesting conversation, thought stuff going on here. But I don't know that it's a greatly produced show. So like you're not gonna watch this because it's like, oh, this is great TV. You're gonna watch this because you're interested in technology, you're interested in uh, future casting, and you're interested in food. Um, and those, the, that hits my Venn diagram pretty well. So, um, so I, I, I definitely am enjoying this and we'll watch the, the final three episodes. Um, did you say it's a nice. Hulu original or it's just on Hulu? Hulu original. It is a Hulu okay. original, okay. uh, that just came out. Um, cool. so yeah, so that's called the next thing you eat and it is on Hulu. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Very nice. Well, Aaron, as you know, I'm going through my lists of shame by years, so we're going to go all the way back to the year 1991, ladies and gentlemen. Operation Desert Storm had commenced. The Soviet Union was dismantled. Rodney King had the horrific police brutality scene in Los Angeles. I turned five years old, and a little ditty of a movie was released called Barton Fink. Ah, yes. A Coen Brothers movie. It was on my list of shame for the year. This is probably the weirdest Coen Brothers movie I've ever seen. <laughs> like I Coen, haven't seen Coen it. Brothers it's one movies. of my list of shame Coen Brothers movies. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's good. I liked it. I, I, let's start there. I like the movie. It's right. it's a kind of it's a performance piece movie where uh, John Turturro is really just delivering easily his best performance ever. Uh, this movie, more and more, the more movies of his that I see, I am 
getting more furious that John Goodman has yet to win a uh, best actor performance because like I saw this, uh, you said John Goodman. Did you mean John Goodman? I did mean John Goodman. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Yeah. Uh, cause like whenever I see him now in like Cohen brothers, movies, I'm like, Oh man, he was amazing in the big Lebowski. He was amazing in raising Arizona. Now I see him in this. He has this presence every single time he walks on this, uh, onto a scene, mm-hmm. like whenever he's going back to back with John Turturro, then I'm like, wow, this guy, is good. Why was he never given the accolades that he really deserved? Uh, I don't know. It's a movie where you don't know what's real. You know, it's one of those movies like, like, is this all in uh, John Turturro's head? Mm-hmm. Is this like a, a social or a, a psychic, psychotic uh, break? Uh, or is the whole thing real? And I just got t- taken on a crazy, crazy ride. I think the closest the Coen brothers ever got to being this weird was probably, Oh brother, where art thou? If you take all the scenes with like uh, the sirens, you know, singing and stuff mm-hmm. on the side, if you take all those weird scenes from Oh brother, where art thou? When you stretch them out to a full movie, it's Barton Fink. And there it's a go. really simple premise of uh, a New York playwright moves to LA to write for Hollywood. That's the movie, but it is so weird. There's a turn that takes place. I, I probably within the last 30 to 45 minutes of this movie mm-hmm. that totally changes everything about the movie that I'm like, Oh, okay. So where's the movie going to go from here? And it's, yeah, it's, it's one that I'm definitely glad that I finally got off my list because every single person in my dormitory in college had that Barton Fink poster you know Mm -hmm. up on the wall and now i realize like oh you were just a pretentious guy who thought that they saw a a great great i mean (laughs) it's a good movie but it's one of those like see uh, it's you got to either have a reservoir dogs poster or a barton fink poster in your dorm room yeah sort of a thing so or scarface yeah (laughs) i was just gonna say a lot of guys had scarface and mostly scarface but reservoir dogs never that one yeah (laughs) never oh oh man like you could go like one every five dorms in my in my big old dorm building had a reservoir i had a reservoir dogs poster Mm -hmm. in my dorm room so yeah yeah Yeah. but no it's a really good one and it's kind of unlike any other coen brothers movie i'd seen Nice. But I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it. Barton Fink. Uh, what about yep. you, Susan? What's your uh, buried treasure? Um, mine is actually uh, You, season three, just released on Netflix. Me? And yeah, you. Me? You. You, wow. you did. Thank you. Yeah. Your Great job. Just being on Netflix. That was really <laughs> a nice surprise. Um, do you Have you guys seen this at all? I've seen I'm the pilot. Up, I don't think I've seen I, I've it. seen the pilot, and it seemed really... Oh. Is this the stalker show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's actually it's very yeah. Dexter vibes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's very Dexter vibes. But the first season I loved. Second season was okay for me. I didn't get quite pulled in until the end, where there's like a big twist reveal because it felt really repetitive of the first season until you saw what they did at the end. However, season three, I just not only did I, I binged it in like three days, but Penn Badgley, I mean. Surprise, surprise, he doesn't really show off his acting chops as well in Gossip Girl. But in this show, 
he proves to me that he really is such a talented actor. I didn't really, his timing with his uh, comedic lines, a lot of his, it's, it's all in his narration, the way he narrates his character. I am blown away by just the way Mm -hmm. he speaks, but um, yeah, it's an exciting like thriller romance. It's got that vigilante sort of aspect to it. where like, is it okay to kill bad people? But um, anyways, if you haven't seen it, if you're into that kind of thing, I highly recommend it. Nice. I'm going through his catalog and I've only seen one thing that he was in. And that What's was that? Margin Call. Mm. Oh, okay. Which was the movie with uh, the movie that literally had every single person in Hollywood. in it. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. hasn't had a lot like um, to really show off. Like I, I think I really think season three even is maybe just his best work. Cool. Uh, that you is... would recommend picking it up, though. Obviously, it's your buried treasure. So yes, yeah, yeah. uh huh. Nice. Season okay. three of You is on Netflix. Barton Fink is available via rental, and the next thing you eat is on Hulu. Uh, we did it, guys. We podcasted. Yay! Yeah, we did. We looked into the future, and we were like, "We're going to set a goal of podcasting," and we, <laughs> we have accomplished that goal. Well done. The uh, melange led us on yep. to the right path. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out uh, more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil uh, for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks Thank to, you. Thanks to Drew for the visuals that go along with the video show. <laughs> yeah, <Thanks>. buddy. <laughs> and thank you to Susan Kamyab Stevens for hanging Woo! out with us again today. Uh, thanks, guys. Where would you like? Where would you like to uh, send people? You got anything you want to promote? Uh, uh, yeah, about? I mean. Thischickslicks.com is my website. You can catch me on uh, City of Irving's YouTube channel uh, and Instagram, Twitter. I'm all over the internet. Nice. There you <laughs> go. Uh, Thischicksflix.com. Those are with X's, right? Uh, yes, with X's. Yeah. C-H-I-X-F-L-I-X. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check out Susan's stuff. Uh, and we appreciate you being here as well, Susan. Thanks for hanging yeah, out with thanks. us again. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us if you want to. You can uh, leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. You can also support what goes on here by becoming a member of Sifpop. Uh, that starts at $3 a month. Uh, there are bonus episodes for some levels. Uh, there's a monthly hangout for some levels. Ad-free podcasts in your own personalized podcast feed. All of that you can check out at patreon.com slash siftpop. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than dominating the interplanetary spice trade. Uh, <laughs> we will be back. It's not that hard. <laughs> we'll be back next week with Last Night in Soho. Edgar Wright uh, Ooh, got another hard. movie coming out. So we'll see you guys then. Bye. 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 Bye.